All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. I'm going to read to you our passage that we've been looking at over the past uh, six weeks or so, and then um, we'll highlight the last several sermons, and then we'll get right into our application activities. So John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light that came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Where, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you were neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. All right, um, in verse uh, 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said after me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend on him and the dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Alright? Um, <clears throat> the last time we had application Sunday, we were right there at the, the dawn of the new year. And so our application points were really driven towards things to do in, in 2019. So I wanted to just throw those back up on the screen for us to see those. Um, so there were some things that we talked about resolving to do. We talked about resolving to grow this year, to have a specific plan in place for you to move yourself forward in sanctification, um, study plans, uh, things that you wanted to see accomplished in your life, to really take some intentional time to, to write <coughs> things about, to resolve to grow this year, to resolve to be pure, to tell your accountability group about your current struggles, to use this, this time of year to really update your accountability group on new ways that you're struggling, updates on old ways that you've been struggling, 
right? Number three, to resolve to be hospitable, to plan to welcome and acclimate visitors as they come to our church, <clears throat> to resolve to give, to keep track of your committed giving. Um, as we move into the new year, um, it's easy to, uh, to give once a month maybe and to, to miss a month and to, to not realize that you're behind a little bit. So for you to keep track of your committed giving, um, in response to what you committed to give so that we can uh, plan accordingly as a church. And then number five, to resolve to serve, to encourage your accountability group member this year, to really work to stir them up to good works, which is something we talked about um, in the book of Hebrews. Okay? Um, now, looking back on the things that we've talked about recently in the Gospel of John, right? So we started with that intro, looking at kind of the purpose of the Gospel of John. Uh, it's a calculated recollection of Jesus' earthly life, with the purpose being to bring us to initial faith that grows into a continual faith that ultimately can be described as a life-changing faith, right? So we talked about our theology about Jesus being correct, and John wants us to know certain things about Jesus so that we can believe properly about him. Um, and then ultimately our decisions about life should be based on Jesus, that um, our faith should steadily be increasing, and the decisions that we make in life should be based on our belief system in Jesus. We then talked about the deity of Jesus, specifically from John 1.1. Tyson did a great job of showing us how to, to even interact with those who would try to deny his deity from John 1.1. As followers of Jesus Christ, placing our faith in him for salvation is imperative that we have a clear understanding of who Jesus Christ is based on how he is revealed in the word. Um, put kind of a definition for Jesus that week, that he is God now revealed in human flesh, something we call the God-man, and he's the second person of the Trinity, meaning a distinct person that is fully equal to the Father and the Holy Spirit. And these are three questions that I'm going to kind of throw out there for you to kind of be thinking, can you answer these questions? Because I think you need to be able to answer these questions, both for your own faith and for your ability to pass your faith on to others. Can you explain how the Bible presents Jesus as God? Right? Can, can you show somebody from Scripture how, how the Bible presents Jesus as God? That, that the Bible testifies to Jesus being God? Can you go to Scripture to see how Jesus presents himself as God? Could you, could you show somebody Jesus' arguments about himself and his presentation of himself as God? And then thirdly, <clears throat> um, could you show how others have confessed Jesus to be God? Right? Because... All of the religions are built on skewed belief systems regarding the identity of Jesus. And so we need to absolutely know what God's word has to say for our own faith, but also for our ability to pass our faith on to others. All right? We talked about him being the life and the light. Jesus, who is God, is our ultimate source of deliverance from fear, darkness, and death. And so this is where we started talking about are we quick to trust Jesus when circumstances are difficult and undesirable? Are we, are we quick? Are we, are we lessening that gap of time that it takes for us to go through something difficult and to start trusting Jesus in the midst of that difficulty? Um, and as we grow and as we are sanctified, that time gap should shrink, right? It should start to shrink to where we, we, we experience something and we start to turn to Jesus quicker and quicker and quicker as somebody that, that we believe can carry us through that and have good intent for us even in the midst of it. All right? Next, we talked about pointing others to the light. Just like John the Baptist was sent to tell others about Jesus, we're also called to point every man to Jesus. Purpose, intentionality, humility, confidence, and resilience. So we talked about 
Our job in life now as Christians is to make much of Jesus. And we're going to come back to that point in our application activity. My job is to make much of Jesus, and I'm to do it towards everyone, right? We're to show no partiality towards others. We're to not overvalue ourselves in the midst of it, right? That we don't put too much value on other people. We don't put too much value on ourselves. that it's all about making much of Jesus. Um, and that we shouldn't give up when it gets tough and I'm rejected, right? So that as we're trying to share the gospel with our neighbor or as we try to share the gospel with a family member or a co-worker and there's an initial rejection to it, that we need to keep pressing forward with it, that we don't just stop, we don't just uh, bow out, that we keep pressing forward and trying to be a light bearer and pointing people to the light. We talked about uh, next, receiving the light, that Jesus comes to give a visible representation of God's glory, calling all men to respond to him in faith as he has made himself known with the promises of life-changing benefits for all that do. This is where we talked about our identity as a child of God. Is this, is this the first thing that others think about us? Um, are, we, are we clinging to that identity, or are we more consumed with our identity resting in other things? Right? Um, we want the visible representation of God's glory to be seen through us as we embrace that identity of being his child. All right? And then we talked about Becoming a witness, as a witness of Jesus, we are tasked with communicating the message of hope with humility and accuracy so that all might believe in him. And so this is where last week we talked about uh, understanding the message that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that there is a problem, we need a substitute. We see that in the book of Genesis where there is a search for some type of uh, animal between Abraham and Isaac, Right? Jesus is our solution to that problem. He is our atonement and righteousness, according to Isaiah 53. The implication is that when we, when we put all that together, we, we worship the Lamb, right? That's the picture in Revelation chapter 5, that we worship the Lamb. And so the question I kind of left with you last week was, is my life more about making much of me or making much of Jesus? Which, which is my focus? Is it more about making much of me or making much of so at this point in the sermon, we broke up into groups to discuss ways to grow our church and be effective in our sharing of the gospel from different perspectives. The perspectives were from an elder, a deacon, an adult member, a youth group member, a child member, and a visitor. You will now hear the top three responses from each group and what they came up with. All right, so um, one of the ideas, I was coming from a visitor's perspective and uh, along the lines of trying to think about how we're a church planting church who's interested in church planting. If quarterly there was a, a Sunday morning service that happened at a different location somewhere besides this building right here. Um, so for me as a visitor, it portrays this idea that you're really uh, planning to do what you say you're going to do plant a church somewhere else and so uh, as I'm visiting I get told hey we're actually not meeting here we're meeting at a different location here's why um, I think it also would kind of help all of us be reminded of that's that good. as well that's a good idea yeah. an idea I had was uh, kind of like um, so I had the perspective of the uh, elder um, and to, to, to create unity amongst everybody. I know that there's couples in here that like, me and Cortland love, but we've never spent time with them um, just because of their schedule or our schedule or just a lack of asking people. So I thought of um, for, for there to be like a random scheduling of people to spend time together, whether that's drawing names out of a hat 
um, and scheduling time. That's forcing you to just spend time together. Um, so like a sorting hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mine was. Um, I was from the youth perspective, and so I said that it would be great to develop opportunities for youth youth to serve and or teach. Um, and the examples I gave were in the band as a band member, um, a nursery helper. They could fill out the chart or fill up the water cups. That's very helpful for those of you who keep nursery. You know that. Um, or get snacks together, um, a greeter, so they could help Anna and greet newcomers, um, or even do the announcements before church or at Matt 28 or something, to give the youth an opportunity, though, to, to serve and feel a part of the church um, as they prepare for adulthood. Awesome. Good job, Team Lightning. Mm -hmm. All right, Team Lionheart. Can you send me your picture? All right, Team Lionheart. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all listen up. Pass the stand. I'm going to sit. Uh, so one idea was to uh, consult with the elders at other churches about ethnic diversity and about how to reach out to other cultures. Um, another one, which is mentorship, where young people can get biblically-based advice from a non-parent adult. Um, so just having that opportunity for one-on-one -on -one conversations. And then um, discussing and demonstrating specific ways to introduce gospel conversations, especially um, in difficult relationships or in a difficult situation. Good. All right. Um, what are y'all? Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. Sovereign Hufflepuff. All right. Um, the first... <laughs> The first one that we did was uh, spend time reading and memorizing scripture as kids. I know that Adam and I were talking about doing things like Bible drill as a kid, but sort of maybe for from early on to, to later on in childhood is sort of a discipleship thing, having a plan for moving our members through scripture. Um, the second one is uh, find a ministry locally for our C group to participate in. Um, and this, I think, the idea behind this is just to, uh, for outreach, uh, to be in the com in and out in the community more and making connections with more and more people. And the third one is uh, weekly check-in, uh, check-ins from youth leaders to <coughs> students and uh, the lead pastor contacting students. Um, so th this one I think, um, why? Who did this? Anybody want to speak to <laughs> Um, I don't necessarily have to speak to it, but I think it was just under like member care. We were just talking about just making sure that like the students don't just depend on that youth leader, that the lead pastor also checks in on the students and you know, kind of knows where they are and what they're. That was just from the perspective of you, but what I would want is a. Yep. All right. Uh, stallions. We are the stallions. Yay! Trust me, I wanted to see you. So our first two, we tried to focus more on capacity. And the last one, we tried to focus more on effectiveness. So the first one was C-group outreach. So we talked about creating activities during C-group to go out to share the gospel specifically. Uh, so as we're sharing the gospel, that would bring more into Sovereign Hope. Um, and that was from a deacon's perspective. Uh, fitness. Uh, outreach was the second one, so we've talked about this before, doing things like 
Zumba, what are these other ones, 5K, um, those type of things. So the, the heart of that one was us as believers not being shut-ins, we need to be out into the community, uh, whatever it was, coaching a team, those type of things, or teaching something here that would bring people in here, uh, maybe bring them to Christ and the sovereign hope. And the last time, last one we had was about effectiveness, and I think the, the heart of this one was um, we can't be effective uh, making much of Jesus if we're not making much of Jesus in our own lives. So we've got to really focus on that, and we talked about you know, a good runner, or a good weightlifter, or a good uh, athletic person. They're good because they have accountability, other people coming around them, and we thought it would be good to have a group time where we meet at 7 o'clock at McDonald's, and it's not to have a Bible study, it's for you to actually be in the Word. So we're having accountability groups of people meeting together, just so you know you're going to get in your study time individually at that type of place. So that was for effectiveness. Uh, Any other thoughts, Stallions? Protein. You got it, brother. You got it. That's right. The funky bunch. Who came up with that name? Alex. Who came up with that name? Our first one is from the visitor's perspective, but not just an adult, but also a kid, a kid as well, or a teenager. So designate uh, greeters from each age group for Sunday service. Um, so all these are really uh, centered around effectiveness, not so much capacity. So the next one. Um, I don't really know if this is more so an elder's perspective, but maybe just a member in general, but create a church timeline to reflect God's faithfulness. So as our church goes through, you know, the roller coaster rides and, and families as well in our church, we look back and see God's faithfulness and, and how he's brought us out of these situations. Um, it just be really cool to, to look back on and praise God for it. Um, number three um, is... From an elder's perspective, um, provide a guide for godly leadership and not for discipleship in those areas. Um, so as people come forward and, and ask, how, how do I grow uh, into godly leadership? Just offering, like, I don't know if it's like online tools or whatever, but like here's like direct resources you can go to, books you can look at. Um, instead of asking like a ton of questions, it's just it's just right here laid out for you, like a one-step process. So, um, yeah, so that's us. Good. No, All right. Finn should be greeting. Good job, everybody, on that. That's hopefully helpful for you versus me just giving you application points for us to have you creatively think through what these application points need to look like as we continue to talk about the Gospel of John, how we make much of Jesus. Um, I can guarantee you that the thoughts and ideas that have been talked about in the last 20, 30 minutes are things that probably would not have been brought up in any other setting where we were just thinking about it from our perspective. There's there's something about getting out of your perspective and getting into the perspective of another that forces you to think a little bit differently, right? So um, hopefully that was beneficial for you. We try to attempt to do some of these things moving forward for you to keep in mind the different perspectives um, under the context of growing in our capacity and effectiveness to make much of Jesus through this local church. Okay. All right, let's wrap up our time together before we do the Lord's Supper with some action items for you in regards to our board and how we move forward in these five different areas, okay? Um, so updates to our action board. Uh, the first goal that we have back there is to develop an active presence within our community in the area of service. And so we want our pilot volunteers to continue serving. We're going to get feedback from them. A lot of them are in the... <coughs> foster care class right now, right? But the new thing, we're moving from praying and trying to be available for April 18th to where we're going to post this week. Let's actually get signed up for the fundraiser gala 
on April 18th. This will help us determine how many tables we're going to get. We'd love to get as many tables as we possibly can. They've even offered to give us some tables for free because of the donations we're going to make. But Ben and I talked about what we'd like to do is still buy all the tables for our church because that's kind of the purpose is to give them money and then to use the free tables that they give us for us to go get people that we know from our places of employment that might want to come sit at a table and contribute. So we can reach out to people at uh, Trinity, Chick-fil-A, your, your places of work, anybody that you think, hey, I'd love for them to come, but we've got more space in that capacity now to, to expand a little bit because they want to give us some tables in response to all the donation items we're going to make to the fundraiser part. Okay? So that's going to come this week. So if you've got availability, we want people who are willing to come and are willing to spend a little bit of money, right? So we've been asking you to kind of budget for that. You don't have to spend an exorbitant amount, and you don't have to bid on anything, right? Because at the very end, they're going to ask for just a simple donation to the Calia Pregnancy Services. And so um, we'd love for you to be a part of it. But, but part of the fun is, is going and doing this as a church and, and just being there together, serving together. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun evening. So encourage you to be a part of this if you can. All right, number two. Grow and equip more leaders, right? So we've been talking about examining markets between now and May. We've talked about pursuing leadership qualities personally. We've talked about praying for God to call more leaders. The new piece that we want to add as we look towards markets becoming an elder in the near future, we'd love to take the facility responsibilities off of him. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, Marcus shows up to make sure that the church is unlocked. He shows up to make sure that the air is on. He shows up and makes sure that our air filters are cleaned out. If there happens to be an issue where a toilet's broken or something needs to be repaired, he takes ownership to contact our landlord and to communicate with him about what we need to do to get those items fixed. And Marcus stays until the very end to make sure the facility is locked up. We want to move him out of that role because as an elder, we'd like for him to be freed up to go to lunch with people that are visiting with our church or be available to uh, to go and have people over or, or to take them out to lunch or to, to have people over to his house and to not be tied up strictly here waiting for the last people to leave because if you got to meet with somebody, it's, it's, a, it's hard to say, hey, wait until everybody's gone because I have to lock up, right? So we'd like to take that off of his plate and give that to somebody else. So we'd like for you to be praying about that. Marcus would be the one to talk to about exactly everything that he does so that you can get <coughs> a better idea of those expectations. All right. Uh, number three, grow our membership with the purpose of planting. <coughs> we want to um, continue to encourage you to invite second-time visitors to a meal. Okay, and that's not really new because I think it's, it's been up there. <coughs> but that's a piece we want to continue to encourage you with. As you see people starting to visit multiple times, we'd love for you to invite them to go out to lunch with you, have them over to your house, extend a level of hospitality to them. But just so everybody's kind of on the same page, um, we have identified the Conway Group and the McLeod Group as the groups that have room to grow a little bit and to expand a little bit right now. So before we start having to have hard conversations about splitting groups and making more C groups, <coughs> we want to make sure we maximize the groups that we still have that have some room. Okay, so just for you to be aware, we don't need you to invite people to your group if you're not a part of these two groups. We need you to invite people and move people towards these groups. Okay, so you're talking with a visiting family. Um, you're wanting to connect them. Hey, C group's coming up. Hey, man, we'd love to have you visit a C group this week. Let me connect you with somebody from one of these groups. 
so they can get tied in in that way. Okay. Which McLeod group? <coughs> Sorry, Adam McLeod group. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we had a foundations meeting this morning with some of the people that have been visiting our church recently, and we even communicated that to them as well. That these are the two groups that we are kind of funneling our visitors to right now um, as we fill up some of our groups. Okay. Number four, develop a plan to plant when the timing is right. This is the last year of our current three-year contract lease. Okay. Um, when we are able to give you the budget, we hope to maybe do that next week. Um, next year's budget will look different because we anticipate the cost going up again to stay here in this capacity. Okay, We've got to have some conversations with David Lindsay, who's our landlord, about what we're going to pay for the next three years. We also have to anticipate how long can we stay here if the price continues to go up. <coughs> and are there other options if we needed to rely upon other options? Right, So pray about these upcoming meetings with David Lindsay. He's been great over the years working with him. He's always been very gracious to us. He's always worked with us. He's always kind of allowed us to stair-step into the cost that he needs to bring in. So let's be praying about those meetings that we'll be having. Uh, ben will primarily be reaching out to him probably initially because they've had a lot of conversations in the past. Um, so be, prayer, be in prayer for that. Okay. Uh, and then continue to pray for us as elders to have wisdom about how to do this, to, to keep our church here, doing what it's doing, but to also think down the road, what do we look like if we continue to grow and add people. All right, and then lastly, number five, <coughs> connect with mission-minded ministries that disciple, translate, and plant churches. Right? The big new thing is that with us already connected with Snowbird, Connor is going to be going there for the summer, so we want to make sure that we're praying for him as he gets ready to leave, and we'll be heading off. He's got two training weekends that come up uh, between now and the start of summer, okay? So we want to be prayerful about uh, that journey for him and what God's going to do in him, but also just as much through him with the kids that he'll be interacting with and counseling, um, and so we want to make sure that he's just really bathed in prayer over the next several months, and then we're going to have opportunities for you to, to encourage him throughout the summer as well, okay? But definitely be in prayer for Connor as he gets closer and closer to that step. And then continue to pray for us. This has been on the board, uh, but we're going to start talking to some different missionaries that we are interested in possibly supporting, right? So uh, Chris sent me another update today, but I've been in conversation, I've been in conversation with him this week. Um, so he's been out there in Houston, and, and the reports have not been... You know anything that we would hope for from a from a manly earthly standpoint, humanly standpoint, right? Um, he, he's got a lot of tumors, and, and they're going to have to figure out what to do. Um, and so that 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 doesn't provide any clarity for him about getting back to Uganda. Um, there's no real timetable for that for that right now. There's got to be some surgeries potentially. There's got to be some treatment uh, that they've got to consider. So um, he's he's in good hands with people that are authoritative on some of this stuff. Um, but I know he's discouraged, and so you know we want to continue to pray for Chris. But because of that, it kind of limits what we can and, and would want to do in Uganda, given the fact that his health challenges have got him over here. So we're really trying to explore what does that mean for us until that all kind of gets worked out and we can sit down and talk with him again about what's our role in, in supporting him as a church. For now, we want to find ways for us to be able to have you go and visit missionaries overseas and to be a part of the gospel going forth with, with some other ministries in the meantime. So we've got some things that we're in conversation with. Be praying for us as elders as we have some of those conversations. 
Okay, so just a real quick review, the new things for you to be considering. Sign up for the gala if you've got uh, availability in your calendar to do that this week. Uh, pray about taking on the facility caretaker role for Marcus. Um, encourage visitors that are coming to visit the McLeod and Conway groups over the coming months. Uh, pray for our upcoming meetings with David Lindsay about our lease. And then lastly, pray for Connor as he prepares to leave for the summer at Snow. Okay? All right. Um, we're going to close time of protecting the Lord's Supper. Uh, a little bit different today because we've had so much discussion and kind of a laid-back feel to it. But, but I do want us to partake of the Lord's Supper today because I do think it's important. And it's, I think, an important way for us to wrap up each time we do our application Sunday as a means of us reaffirming once again uh, that we are holding fast to the gospel that we are relying completely in faith on the work of Jesus Christ for our salvation and not our own. Okay, and so I want to I pray for us. I want us to, to kind of rein it back in from a serious side of things and really have to, just a quick time of reflection, give you the opportunity to partake in the back. Tyson's got some music prepared for us, and we'll kind of wrap up here um, with our time together today. All right, so let me pray for you. God, we come to you right now, and, and we praise you and thank you that we've had this time of discussion, that we've had this opportunity to, to talk and to share and to collaborate and to, to really try to think through how we as a church can grow in what it is we're trying to do, and that's to make much of you. God, give us the, the flexibility that we need to, to make additions and subtractions and changes. God, help it to, to not be about us, but to be about you and your kingdom. God, we want to make much of you and not of ourselves through this church. And so God, help us to have wisdom in knowing how to do that. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what we're learning in the Gospel of John. We're thankful that you have called us to believe him as the Son of God, to believe him as the Messiah. God, we're thankful that Jesus came to be perfect for us, to die in our place so that we can be saved. So God, as we remember that this morning, we look forward in anticipation to the return of Jesus. God, as we partake, I pray that it would be an encouragement to others that see us partaking. God, as we partake, I pray that it would be a reminder to us as we eat the bread that Jesus lived a perfect life for us. That as we dip it in the cup, God, that we would be reminded that Jesus shed his blood on our behalf for sins that we commit. For sins that we will commit today. For sins that we will commit in the future. God, we thank you that your wrath has been satisfied. We thank you that you've called us to be your children. We thank you that you have given our life purpose and meaning and that we get to make much of you with everything that we do. That helps us to be about that type of business. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org.